For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Well met, fellow adventurers. Back with Sir Crokington. Back to Proving Grounds 2. Where we have now, after a lot of running in terror, we have ended up in the city of Talonus. Talonus, the city of the Griffin. The capital of the kingdom of Tysa. A centre of commerce and culture for the North Broadlands. Home to a giant three-toed rat that prowls the street at night, stalking human prey. Something really needs to be done about that last part. This is a scenario called Old Freetail, and it's the only scenario in this part. We begin. It is in secrecy, and it is dire request that you meet with Wydock, the putter, puppeteer of the King's Larder, one of Talonis's most beloved taverns. In the back room of the establishment, away from the din of the ever-bustling common room, and over a bottle of fine spirits, the ruddy-faced, middle-aged tavern owner lays out for you the problem that plagues his tavern. He tells you that late last night, while he was cleaning up the tavern, he was confronted by a giant rat. He begins to tremble, and pours himself another helping of the spirit, and swiftly downs it. But it was no mere rat, he says, his voice falling almost to a whisper. This beast was as big as Valiant, my staghound, but twice as wide. It bared its teeth and lunged at me, and I thought for sure it would have me by the throat. But Valiant, leapt between us, kept at his bay. But not for long, though. Before I could grab my tusty wad, the beast tore Valiant to shreds, right before my eyes. A more quick, piteous, cruel sight. You must hope you... Never see. Widiop tells you that the giant rat then dag- dragged Valiant's carcass across the floor and down an open hatch into the cellar. Leapt up, quick as that, and ran to the hatch, ran to close the hatch behind it, he says. And that's when I saw it. As the creature disappeared into the gloom, I caught sight of its tails. Yes, tails. He had three of them. I'm afraid, dear, brave friend, that all is most certainly not well. It appears old Freetail has returned. Now, obviously, Sir Crokington knows who Freetail is. and I know who Freetail is because I've played through this about, let's see, eight times? Something like that? Yeah, yeah I think this might be my eighth time going through. So I know who Freetail is, but you might not. So I weed out the law book. For more than a year, this massive rat, by some accounts the size of a mule, prowled the sewers and streets of Talonus, stalking human prey, killing and devouring anything unfortunate enough to cross its path. Finally, a local hero and adventurer by the name of Womwick, who 
who soon after met his face at a hand of woe, hand of a roaming band of ogres, hunted down and put two arrows into a hideous creature. When the rat dragged itself off, off into the sewers before it could be reached, it was universally assumed that it would soon succumb to its wounds. And, indeed, for four long years, Freetow and the gruesome legend he spawned faded into memory. Pulemu claimed the rat was not a rat at all, but rather a demon in rat form, given the creature's extremely cunning and vicious nature. There were also many who refused to believe that Freetail was slain, and the foul beast still lurks in the shadows of the city, or in the forests outside its walls. That's one that is a rodent of an unusual size. Which of course means unusually large. You recall the tale of Freetail, a giant triple-tailed rat that prowled the streets of the Tyson capital after dark for over a year, stalking and slaying anything unlucky enough to cross its path. After the giant rat claimed its fourth human victim, a local hero and adventurer by the name of Romit, who soon after met his hands at the f- fate at the hands of a roaming band of ogres, hunted down and put two hours in- arrows into the hideous creature. When the rat dragged itself off into the sewers, it was universally assumed it would soon succumb to its wounds. And indeed, for four long years, Freetail and his gruesome legend, and the gruesome legend he spawned, faded into memory. Unless we're blighted with another three-tail rat the size of a mule. That was old three-tail, and make no mistake, says Warlock. I don't have to tell you, Sir Crogerton, that having the likes of that giant rat about will do no good for my patronage. Word of this get out word of this gets out, every self-fancied monster hunter in the kingdom would be pounding on Mother Door day and night, wanting a stab at the beast. No good for business. No, sir. Well, depends. Well, I'll tell you, but first, you gotta buy some ale. <laughs> we don't promptly ask you to accept the task of entering the cellars beneath his tavern and slaying the gi- legendary giant rat once and for all. He tells you that he will pay you 1,000 gold for the confirmed death of the fearsome creature. You accept his offer and meet him in a shoulder cross. You follow Wardock to the hatchway that leads to the tavern cellar. There, you hope him move several heavy barrows that he has stacked on top of it. When the hatch is clear, he pulls it open, revealing a flight of decaying wooden steps leading down into darkness. You might fancy a splash of that, he says, handing you a small vial. Alexa of Quebec, or some such. Better have it than not, I'll wager. Ooh, another Quebec elixir. Which can... Fully restore you, which is very, very nice indeed. Wardock gives you a final nod as you boldly descend into the dark, musty tavern cellar. The wretched state of the cellar is enough to make you never want to patronise the tavern that sits over it. Long-legged spiders scurry for cover as your light invades their shadowy subterranean realm. Now and again, thin strands of light filter down beneath, between the floorboards of the tavern's ground level. 
just above you. A set of decaying wooden steps leads up to the tavern from here. Alright, so I mean, kind of, there's a middle passage going... Well, okay. The powerless, the powerless nature nature of the cellar is made plain as three of the fetid rodents dwell here, dwell here, slink into view. The vicious rats turn and run towards you, their teeth bared as they close in for the attack. Alright, three monstrous rats, just take them down. Wonder, are they descendants perhaps? The septic nature of your enemy's attack weakens you for two damage, but they are still slain. 5 XP. You take a few moments to catch your breath and check over your equipment before once again setting off through the cellar. You can't help but hope there aren't many more of the vermin infesting this place. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a tavern cellar, and these things are always, always, always filled with rats. The only time when they're not filled with rats is when something much nastier has just come in and ate the rats. Yes. Yep, yep, north south passage is oh, another two giant rats. Right, yep, lots of rats. Yes, because Freetail is king of rats. Two XP for that. Right, let's make our way north. Okay, I got to the end, there's just a straight wide north south passage. Two giant rats once more. Stappity, stab, stab, stab. They bite me, as rats are prone to do. Terrible loot. And one entire gold token. So shiny. Three large rats. Yeah, that's, that's not as bad as three monstrous rats. Oh, a septic bite, but they still go down. Alright, there's something in the northeast corner. You stumble upon the skeletal remains of a human sprawled out on the cellar floor. The bony fingers of the dead human still clutch a decaying leather bag. With a good deal of curiosity, you note a large number of rat corpses strewn about the floor in the vicinity of the human remains. Many of these corpses appear to be... fairly fresh. Hmm. Hmm. How did that happen then? I mean, the... the guy's a skeleton, so... Hmm. It takes a long time for a person to become a skeleton. You know, unless you have, like, piranhas or something to help out. And I don't think they do. Well, let's search these human remains anyway. You've just begun searching the remains of the dead human when suddenly an unearthly chill runs the length of your body, shaking uncontrollably from the unnatural cold... You step back from the remains and watch in horror as a gruesome spirit rises up from the corpse. The ghost shrieks loudly, no doubt causing a few whales to spin, to spill in the tavern above, and floats towards you, its wad-clag arm, arms outstretched. Attack the ghost. It's a gruesome spirit. Yes, it's not the, it's not a friendly spirit. Gruesome spirit. Reaches out for you. And it reaches out some more. And it is slain. 22 XP. The spirit howls and begins to rapidly fade from view. The moment it disappears, a flash of blind and white 
bright light fills the cellar, and it's wake you find you feel somewhere more experienced. 512 experience to destruction. Ooh, pretty nice, pretty nice. That's most of the way to a level at the power level I have now. But not quite. You feel as if the departing spirit has imparted a portion of its life experience to you. Alright. Well, that's the north. Oh, four monstrous rats now. Stabity, stab, stab, stab. Just quickly stab them. 5 XP for taking them down. Get more XP because they're tougher. Because they're monstrous. Giant rats. Just two of them. And they are slain. 3 XP. Terrible armor. Alright. Three giant rats. Okay. And they are slain. 4 XP. Alright, here we are, the north. Alright, put your passage broke off from the northwest corner. And here's something. A massive ratness dominates this wide alcove. All manner of vegetation and debris has indeed has been matted together to form the tangled roost. It looks large enough to hold several hundred rats, or one very large rat. Signs of activity are of the large creature are everywhere, but currently the nest stands empty. Oh dear, how, how could a rat that big be so hard to find? Uh, I guess I'll just have to do some more stuff in here and hope it turns up. Alright, to the southwest corner. Just a little Little room that splits. Thin strands of light filter down from the floorboards overhead. Alright, nothing in the southwest corner. Four large rats blocking my path, but not for long. Even with their septic bite. Another 3xp. Okay. What's happening? Oh, four giant rats. Take them down, take them down. And they are also slain for 5 XP. Alright, there's oh, ah, two monstrous rats. I, was, I just saw something, but then these two monstrous rats turned up. Okay, there's something in the southeast quadrant. Giant rat blocks my path, but is slain. You can't hope but hope there aren't any many more of the vermin infesting this place. I think there are. Maybe they'll run out. Okay, here's something. The corpse of a recently slain human male lies against the wall here. Though the road man appears to have been dead for perhaps no more than a week, Decay is rapidly claiming his remains. With a good deal of curiosity, you note a large number of rat corpses. Corpses strewn about the floor in the vicinity of human remains. Many of the corpses appear to be fairly fresh. Hmm. Fresher than the body, perhaps? Hmm. Yeah, maybe they just ate some stuff, which means they rot bad. Anyway, let's search these human remains. We've only just begun searching the remains of the dead human, when suddenly an unearthly chill runs the length of your body. Shaking uncontrollably from the natural cold, you step back from the remains and watch in horror as a gruesome spirit rises up from the corpse. The ghost shrieks loudly, no 
doubt, causing a few ales to spin in the t- spill in the tavern above, and floats towards you, its wag-clad arms outstretched. Attack the ghost! It's another gruesome spirit. We now got a gruesome twosome, which is out for you. The touch of your enemy sends a deathly chill the length of your body for six x for six damage. XP comes now. Twenty-two of them. The spirit howls and begins to fade, rapidly fade from view. The moment it disappeared, a blinding flash of white light fills the cellar. In its wake, you find you feel somehow more experienced. 512 experience to unarmed combat. Hmm, nice, nice. Let's see. Would that be enough to level it up next time? Not quite, not quite. You feel as if the departing spirit has imparted a portion of his life experience to you. Uh-huh. Thank you, I guess. Just going to fill in the pl- little places I haven't been yet. Alright. Back to the central passage. Now, is there anything in the... Oh, yes, here's another one. On the west side. You find the decaying remains of an armoured human male lying face down on the armoured cellar floor. Yellow worms feast on the rotting flesh of this unfortunate soul. With a good deal of curiosity... You notice a large number of rat corpses strewn about the floor in the vicinity of the human remains. Many of the corpses appear to be fairly flesh. And I suspect they were killed by a ghost! Search the human remains. You've only just began searching the remains of the dead human when suddenly an unearthly chill runs the length of your body. Shaking uncontrollably from the unnatural cold, you step back from the remains and watch in horror as a gruesome spirit rises up from the corpse. The ghost shrieks loudly, no doubt causing a few ales to spill in the tavern above, and floats towards you, its rad-clad arms outstretched. Attack the ghost once more. It's another gruesome spirit, which is out for you, and I just stab it. And it is slain. 22 XP. The spirit howls and begins to rapidly fade from view. The moment it disappears, a blinding flash of white light fills the cellar, and in its wake you find you feel somehow more experienced. 512 more experience to telekinesis. You feel as if the departing spirit has imparted a portion of its life experience to you. That's, that's a lot of experience. Okay, how do these woke ghosts even get here, though? Hmm. Is it just that if you get killed by a swarm of rats, you just become a ghost? Because it's just one of those deaths that's just so painful that you just ghost by default? Perhaps, anyway, on the eastern side now, you discover a half-rotted corpse of a human female lying in a mouldy colour corner. The dead woman is clad in a scarred leather tunic, and a rusty short sword lies close to a decaying hand. The good deal of curiosity, you note a large number of rat corpses strewn about the floor in the vicinity of the human remains. Many of the corpses appear to be fairly fresh. Search the human remains, I guess. 
had only just begun to searching the remains of the dead human, when suddenly an unearthly chill runs the length of your body, shaking uncontrollably from the unnatural cold. You step back from the remains and watch in horror as a gruesome spirit rises up from the corpse. The ghost shrieks loudly, no doubt causing a few ales to spill in the tavern above, and floats towards you. Its wagclag arms outstretched attack the ghost, the fourth ghost. It's a gruesome spit. Ooh, death reaches out for you. Deathly chill the length of your body for six damage, or another deathly chill for seven damage, but it is still slain. 22 XP. The spirit howls and begins to rapidly fade from view. The moment it disappears, a blinding flash of white light fills the cellar, and in its wake you find you feel... Somehow more experienced. 512 more experienced. It's a fortification. You feel, you feel as if the departing spirit has imparted a portion of its life experience to you. Uh, thank you, I guess. You now go wherever it is that you go. Alright, okay. We've done everything else. Is the rat back? Yes. Yes, now that I've defeated, possibly, the ghost that it raised itself using ratty necromancy. Or that could just be a coincidence. It's not really explained. Alright, to the rat. Alright, several hundred rats, or one very large rat. And a very large rat it is that rises up from the middle of the nest. Rising out of the nest... Is the largest, most gruesome rat you've ever had the displeasure of seeing. The massive rodent, easily the size of a mule, bears its diggly teeth as it sinks out of the nest and stalks across the cellar floor towards you. Open wounds riddle the rat's torso, and we think we know where at least two of them come from, and a patchy tufts of wiry hair that cover its marked body are massive with blood, and festering with disease. A trio of long, leathery tails drag along the floor behind the ghastly beast as it closes in on you. There's little doubt you are face to face with three tail, and all signs indicate that this rodent is trouble. Well, this is what we came for. Let's kill three tail. And hope we don't catch some sort of nasty plague. Here, in a forgotten corner, the cellar beneath the King's Larder Tavern, you square off against the now decrepit but still deadly freetail. The massive rat crouches, then leaps for your throat. It's every insect driving it to kill the human bold enough to enter its. Uh, wait, I'm not. To kill the. To the being old enough to bold enough to enter its lair. Alright, free tail. You're going down. I've got a dog to avenge and uh, there are four people. And possibly wait a minute. Could those four No 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 those were four years ago. They can't they can't be the four people it slayed slayed back four years ago. Because some of them aren't they're not near some of them aren't rotted enough to look like they're four years old. Maybe one or one of them could be? The one that's a skeleton? Hmm. Anyway. Who knows? Who knows? No, I think it's probably killed... Let's see. Four then. 
eight people. But more importantly, it killed a dog. And I've got to avenge the dog. The massive rat snaps at you with its deadly teeth. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Stab at you. Stab, stab, stab. For Valiant! And it is slain. 135 XP. Years of hard, desperate living. And the undying urge to satiate lust for blood are now over. Freetail's eyes flicker briefly, then slowly close. The terrifying beast is now gone forever. And and since we've like, seen a corpse, we can be pretty sure that barring any magical... Magical necromantic messing about, it's gonna stay that way. You make a quick search of the chest and discover it contains a large number of interesting items. Alright, just some stuff. Uh, I'll take some of the stuff. Oh, 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 oh I'm, over, I'm overweighed. Mm. Yeah, I really should have sold that heavy mace I got. Oh well. I'll just have to do without what I can't carry. So I'm going to have to sell off. Sell some stuff after this. And 32 gold tokens. When you're ready to continue. You hack off the giant rat's three tails. To present as proof of its demise to Wylock. Before moving off through the cellar. Alright let's get out of here. Alright looks like, looks like all the rats have either dead. All learnt to keep away from me. Because they're not turning up anymore. Which is nice. Exit the cellar. And oh you can rest. Yep you, was, you spend the next small while. At the base of the stairs. Resting and recovering. That was unnecessary. Exit the cellar and announce your victory. When you present Wyduck. With the three severed tails. From the massive rat. He does a t- Double take, then shakes his head slowly. No words to describe my amazement, he says repeatedly, as he examines the thick, leathery tails you place before him. As promised, Wyduck presents you with the 1,000 gold tokens you agreed upon. It's gold well used, he says, meeting you in a shoulder cross. As far as most are concerned, Three Tail went to the grave with one wick's arrows. I should prefer to keep that story intact. A nest right below King's la- la- the King's Ladder. I deny it to my dying breath. Wardock laughs heartily and again thanks you for your bravery. And congratulates you on the job well done. He bid the tavern keep farewell and wander out into the common room of his establishment. Where you partake in a well deserved rout of your awesome ale before the roaring fire. And that ends this part with 500... And 56 experience to general. Now I've got to got to sell off all my loot, so I'll be pausing while I do that. Now on to Talonless Part 2. A shower of silver sparkles pouring out of the bread house could only mean trouble. The paleo bread man, begin the scenario. As you're making your way along the lower portion of blue... Blue Stone Lane just after dawn. You pass by a bread house that is already bustling with activity. The smell of pre- freshly baked bread 
Paleo bread in particular. Now, what is that? I'll just read now. This dark, sweet, grainy bread uses paleo in its brewed form as one of its main ingredients. It is a favourite at bread houses across the North Broadlands. Wafting out of the open windows makes you hungry. You're about to follow your nose across the lane when suddenly a shower of silver sparkles pours out. Pour, pours out of the. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Breadhouse Doors followed closely by a chorus of shrieking from the patrons within. With what next greets your eyes is one of the most shocking and unexpected sights you've ever witnessed. Dashing out of the bread house, standing no more than a foot tall, is is the miniature likeness of a tunic-garbed man made entirely out of paleo bread. A silver glow animates from this strange being as he promptly rushes across the street in your direction. The breadhouse patrons pour out of the door and, and gesture furiously at the small bread man now making his way towards you. He nearly killed the baker! screams one of the men, pointing at the bread man. Stop him! The bread man, with large raisins for eyes of nose and a slice of baked pumpkin for his wedge-shaped mouth, stops in front of you, places both hands on his hips and says in a taunting voice, Run, run, as fast as you can, you won't get me on the Pelliabook, man. I've throttled the baker and taken from flight, and I've won for you. I'll have one for you, too. I can, I can. With that, the Pelliabred man takes off running down the lane. Though you're unsure what exactly transpired in the bread house to give birth to this abomination, you have no desire to see the apparently murderous bread man escape. Leading the angry bread house mob, you take up the pursuit angrily trying to keep up with the bre- breakneck breakneck gait of the strange creature. Your legs pump furiously and your breathing grows ragged as you struggle to catch up with the fleeing paleo bread man. Picking a number. Bonus of 84. 32 from body, 20 from spirit, 20 from agility, 12 from luck. 
Got to get 75 or more. So I can not fail. In fact, you're, prob- you're going to have to kind of go out of your way to even have a chance of failing. I don't know if anyone has ever actually failed this check. Ever? Maybe someone. I mean, if you have, maybe go on the Swifty Court Discord and tell me. Because <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Anyway, pick now. 114 success. Only with tremendous effort are you able to keep pace with the fleeing paleo bread man. Several minutes into the chase, just as you're nearing the end of the lower bluestone lane, a city watchman, lantern in hand, appears from around the corner and steps directly into the path of the fleeing paleo bread man. Without missing a step, the agile paleo bread man leaps into the air, bounding over the startled watchman, clearing his shoulder by nearly a foot. Once past the watchman, the paleo bread man turns, places his hands on his hips, and says in a taunting voice, One, one, as fast as you can, you can't catch me, paleo bread man. I fought with the baker and taken to flight. I've won from the map, and I won from you too. I can! I can! With that, the paleo bread man turns and dashes away. The chase resumes. Your legs pump furiously and your breathing grows ragged as you struggle to catch up with the fleeing paleo bread man. Picking a number. Oops, it's the same check again. Pick now. 133. Success. Only with tremendous effort you are able to keep pace with the fleeing paleo bread man. The fight of the paleo bread man continues with you at your head, the bread house mob, and the lantern bearing watchman abreast of you. The odd being shows no sign of tiring, and indeed his pace appears to be quickening as the pursuit goes on. Soon, a group of three city guardsmen appear, each of them staring in belief, the paleobred man, as he rapidly approaches. The paleoband stops boldly in front of the trio of guards, places his hands on his hips, and says in a taunting voice, one, one, as fast as you can, you can't, won't catch me on the paleo red man. I throttled a baker and I'm taken to fright. I've run from a mob on the watchman lights and I've won from you too. I can, I can. That, the paleo bread man turns and sprints off down the road. The chase resumes. Your legs pump furiously and your breathing grows ragged as you struggle to catch up with the fleeing paleo bread man. Same check again. 174 success. Only with tremendous effort are you able to keep pace with the fleeing paleo bread man. Showing no sign of tiring, the paleo bread man dashes wildly through the city streets. You manage to pull ahead of the others that are in pursuit, but still find yourself a good distance behind the evasive bread man. As you step around a sharp corner, you spot the paleo bread man nearing a young man in a wide-brimmed leather hat. A fancy red plume extends from the crown of his hat, and the young man nearly drops the loot he's carrying upon catching sight of the strange being drawing up to him. The paleo man stops in front of the young minstrel, places his hand on his hips, and a bold, taunting voice says, one, one, as fast as you can, you won't catch me and the paleo bread man. I've throttled a baker and taken from flight. I've won from the mob and the watchman's lice. I've won from the gods and I won from you too. I can, I can. With that, the paleo bread man turns and dashes off, resuming his breakneck pace. The chase 
resumes. Your legs pump furiously, and your breathing grows ragged as you struggle to catch up with the fleeing paleo bread man. Picking a number, same joke again. Here we go. Come on, come on now. Silly internet, don't slow me down. Ah, oh, the paleo bread man, it's so fast, it's slowing down the internet. Success with 127. With only tremendous effort, are you able to keep pace with the fleeing paleo bread man? The paleo bread man, despite all his speed and apparent cunning, makes what could prove to be a fatal mistake. The strange being turns and dashes into a wide alley, only to discover that it ends at a high wall several yards in from the street. You're the first of the pursuers to enter the alley behind him, and the paleo bird man turns and glares at you. He defiantly places his hands on his hips and says, in a bold, taunting voice, Fight! Fight! As best as you can, you won't fail me in the paleo bread man! I've throttled the baker and I've took him to flight. I've run from the mob and the watchman's lights. I've run from the guards and the red bombard. And now I'll throttle you! I can! I will! With that, the paleo bread man leaps into the air, his tiny, tiny hands stretched to clamp onto your throat. Oh no! Fortunately, I have a very, very large mouth. So you're going to have a bad time. Begin combat. The paleo bread man attempts to throttle you. Your opponent grabs hold of your throat and chokes you violently. Oh no! Stabity stab. Grabs, chokes me again for nine damage. Then for seven damage. Lots of choking. And, oh, choked for six damage. And then eight damage. Then seven damage. Okay, oh, done choked me for eleven damage. But now it is slain. Finally slain. 70 XP. With a blood curdling scream, the paleo man collapses to the ground and does not move again. You are quickly surrounded by the three guards, the watchmen. The red plumed minstrel and the bread house mob. Everyone stares in silence. The remains of the strange being. Still looks sort of edible, says the watchman, breaking the silence. The minstrel and two of the guards nod in agreement. I mean, he's only bread after all, says a woman from the bread house mob. Those surrounding the fallen paleo bread man again nod in agreement. Right then, says one of the guards. Hoisting the paleo bread man's lifeless form off the ground. I'll say whatever devilry possessed this good bread is now gone. Our duty is to see that it never returns now. Come to that, who wants a leg? And that finishes this scenario with 128 experience to general. And I hope people don't get any crazy magical curses from eating that thing. And that whatever caused it to happen doesn't happen again. Or at least if it does happen again, I'm there to... Someone's there to quickly put a stop to it before anyone actually gets hurt. Oh. And that's that was that little... That's part... Part 7 complete. Now on to part 8. The streets of kingdoms. The kingdom's capital city. Aren't getting any safer, but luckily for you, 
danger has become a way of life. And this one is called the Amulet. And we begin. While passing along a tree-lined lane, not far from the king's citadel, your eyes are drawn to a, mu- to a muddy leather pouch lying in the gutter. You pick up a pouch and note that it bulges oddly, as if it conceals an object of irregular shape. When you open it, you are shocked to discover it contains a ruby and jade amulet of immeasurable beauty. However, it soon becomes apparent there is more to this magnificent talisman than meets the eye. The instant your fingers touch the carved jade, the amulet shimmers and disappears. Its surroundings begin to blur, and the light of day fades rapidly. The disorienting episode ends almost as quickly as it began, and as your vision clears, you find yourself in an entirely new, unfamiliar surroundings, and witness to a most horrifying sight. You're standing on a stony expanse of ground in the midst of a black, grassy moor. A dark stone tower rises up from the back of a rocky crag, no less than a quarter mile from here. A sudden, angry bellow, coupled with the sound of a small explosion, turns your head to the left, where sources of both noises are revealed to you. Twenty yards from where you stand, a lone man pitches a desperate battle against three club-wielding giants, the trio of massive humanoids, their blue-skinned torsos covered in living moss and whittled with the protruding end of feasting parasites surround the white-bearded foe. The gruesome giants raise their weighty stone clubs, preparing to strike down the old man. A a ball of flame hurtles from the bearded man's outstretched hands, and strikes one of the giants square in the chest, driving the fearsome being back several steps. A second fiery ball streaks through the air and again strikes the giant, this time cleanly removing its head. The giant's headless body topples to the ground. Two remaining giants grunt savagely and prepare to bring their clubs down upon their wounded, surrounded prey. Without a second thought, you charge across the broken ground to the aid of the beleaguered man. As you approach, one of the giants turns and swipes at you with his massive club. You nimbly dodge the blow and move to engage the savage brute. Alright, this is a moral giant. And I'm going to stab it. The hideous giant swipes at you with his stone club. Brutal stroke for seven damage. Yes, okay, keep going. Oh, brutal stroke for eight damage. Uh, oh, brutal stroke for 13 damage, and then 18 damage. But still, it is slain. 22 XP. And take a chance to heal after that. Your final blow sends the towering giant crashing to the ground with a reverberating thud. You turn to find the white-bearded man sprawled out on the ground, unmoving, and the unforgiving stone... The giant's club streaking towards your head. Well, block it with fortification, of course. Channel. It worked. 128 experience to fortification. Your timely summoning of the power of fortification is nothing short of miraculous. The giant's savage blow glances harmlessly off the invisible barrier you've erected. Your magical shield ripples and fades. She moves to engage the last of the giants. The giant 
grump lum grumbles as it lumbers forward and attacks. It's another more giant. Swipes it with its stone club. Brutal stroke for 11 damage. Brutal stroke for 8 damage, then 6 damage, then 18 damage. But, nevertheless, it is slain. 22 XP. With the last of the giants now dead. He rushes to the side of the white bearded man. His breath is, his breath is shallow and his face is contorted in expression great pain. The man is near death. And when he turns his face to look upon you, you are given the sense he has accepted the grim prospect. The glowing coin, he says, a means painful gasp. Was it the glowing coin that ensnared you as well, friend? When you raise your head and tell him it was a weighed jade and beauty amulet of immense beauty that was the catalyst for your transport here, he smiles weakly and nods. All my life I was a fisherman, he says. And here, at the end of my life, I find myself struggling for breath, having taken the obvious bait of some malevolent entity that no doubt calls this place home. There is a bit of dark irony in, your, in, your, in all of it. You comfort the, the man's head and ask if she knows where you are. Much to your disappointment, he shakes his head, but he motions with his hand towards the black tower rising off in the distance. Rising up from the moor like a dark, bony finger. This is no doubt one of the countless realms of the Nevenus, he replies. What pastor of magic has snared and delivered us onto it? We may never know. My days draw to a close. I will end here, in this desolate spot. But it is of no consequence. The old father's hand rests upon my shoulder. I do not fear the encroaching dark. With his dying breath, the white-bearded man at last reveals to you that his name is Instruin, and he hails from the city of Saladin. That's Celebadin. He tells you that before the giants attacked, he was trying to reach the Black Tower in the hope of discovering a means of escaping from this place and returning home. Israel's body suddenly goes limp, and you gently lower, lower his head to the ground. You say a brief prayer over him and fold his arms across his chest before turning and making, making your way across the broken ground of the moor towards the nearby tower. As you approach the tower, you note that a pale light animates from the windows on its uppermost level. A wide stone arch, fitted with a tall wooden door, appears... Okay, wide. wide stone arch, fitted with a tall wooden door, appears to serve as the main entrance, and a broad, stony path leads up to it. Your eyes are drawn upwards, to the sky above the grim structure, where several dark shapes circle on high, perhaps more than a mile above the top of the tower. Apart from the main entrance, you assess the outer wall of the tower may prove scalable, though such a prospect is certainly not devoid of danger. Alright, so I can go through the door, or climb up the outside. Alright, what would divination do? 
Okay. 16 XP to divination. You sense the tower's main entrance is guarded. Oh, I can deal with guards. You're also able to sense the dark shapes circling high above the tower. I'm no immediate threat to you. Right, I'm going to heal myself first. Now, enter the entrance. You approach the tower's main entrance and find the massive wooden door is now is not locked. With a gentle effort, the door swings outward and you step into the p- dimly lit and strangely empty interior of the tower's ground floor. A narrow stair clings to the tower wall as it winds its way up into the shadows overhead. Your heart scuddily skips a beat as you come to the horrifying realisation that your feet are stuck firmly to the floor. Horror mounts as you look down and find that the viscous grey slime that had disguised itself as the stone floor is, floor is rapidly rising up your legs. You struggle to free yourself from the clutches of the corrosive slime as it attempts to devour you. It's a corrosive grey slime. Alright. The grey slime tries to attach itself to your flesh. Your po- opponent's attack has encased your torso in slime. 14 damage. Okay, but I managed to shake it off. And it is slain. 6 XP. The slime rapidly retreats into an oozing puddle on the floor, releasing its grip as it does so. You quickly make your way to the foot of the winding stair and begin your ascent. Fortunately, I'm small, so it's really wide for me. Alright, you... You pass through the several empty doors as before, at last arriving at a pain wooden door set back from a small landing at the top of the stair. The door is slightly ajar, and you boldly push it open, only to be confronted by a yellow-scaled amphibian being in blue robes. The wide, unblinking eyes of this strange being are fixed firmly upon you. Well, ma'am. Um, well, um, uh, hello there. I, I hope... Oh, well, uh, sorry about all this. But I'm, I'm trying to find my way home. Do you have any idea where it is? The old reptilian, ba- reptilian being bows and addresses you in a multitude of tongues. When he at last arrives at your own, you signal he can understand him. And he, bow- he again bows deeply. Ooh, what a gentleman, what a gentleman. My apologies, Travel, he says humbly. You are not the first been snared by the twicker of our worm's dangerous magical trio and I fear you will not be the last. The rogue reptilian tells you that three brothers, each a master wizard, plague this Neville realm and regularly capture beings from other worlds to use as wicked sport. You are lucky not to have encountered them already he says. They must be occupied in another part of the realm. Also, I fear they would have been waiting to enslave you upon your arrival. You ask this strange being if there's any way to escape from this realm, and return to the world of Swift, and he nods, motioning for you to follow him. The reptilian leads you to a charred spot on the floor of the far side of the chamber. There, he makes a series of rapid hand gestures, and upon completion of the complex sequence... A swirling blue portal appears. This will lead you back to your world, he says. 
I must warn you, though, the path is rarely without danger. May fortune guide you wayward, my friend. I could use divination, but, you know, I, I trust this. I trust this amphibian, newtie. Well, it's kind of hard to tell what, what kind of amphibian with the rope covering most of him. Step into the swirling vortex, or... And now this is a choice I could never... Choice that's not going to happen under anything that I'm waiting out or I'm playing. You could attack the rogue reptilian being. And if you do so, you're a jerk. You are a jerk. Even though it's fictional, you're still a jerk. Yes, and I'm going to seriously consider, is there something wrong with your head? If you take that option. Yes, obviously, step into the swirling vortex. You step into the swirling blue vortex and instantly find yourself tumbling through a shadowy void. A blood-curdling shriek scatters the silence as your feet come to rest on solid ground. A pair of strange beings, each with the body of the human and the oversized head of a fierce raven, emerge from the darkness and envelop you, wielding double-bladed axes. The Wythic Dewar moves in to attack. These these are Raven Ook Raven Raven Ook warriors. This the cool but comparatively mindless Raven Ook are prevalent throughout many Netfor realms. These man sized beings have the torso and limbs of a human and the oversized head of a Raven. Raven books typically inhabit the abandoned dwellings of other other species, preferring ruined castles towers and castles above all else. Presumably they just wander around them and occasionally just say nevermore to no one in particular. Because, I mean, ravens, you got to be a bit gothic when you're a raven. It's all about being gothic. Yeah, it's got to have long shadows, poor illumination, Dramatic organ music playing all the time from nowhere in particular. Really, really squeaky doors. <laughs> well, I'm going to take you down because I honestly, oh, why, could, why couldn't you have been like that amphibian person instead and all friendly? Yeah, well, I guess I, well, I guess I can't get... <laughs> Guess you can't get lucky all the time. Take the Raven Wook Warriors slash at you with their blade. Brutal stroke for 8 damage. Alright, take them down. They are slain. 38 XP. The two Raven Headed Warriors are dead. You take a step back from their corpses and immediately find yourself tumbling through the void. When you next feel solid ground beneath your feet, however, you suddenly will realise you're back on the tree-lined street when your entire ordeal began. Well, that's uh, convenient, although I guess I probably had some sort of magical traces of where I came from upon me somehow. Well, I'm not a mastigator, so I don't know how that works. You breathe a long sigh of relief as you set about checking over and adjusting your equipment. Thankful to survive this strange episode, you hurry along the tree-lined street. Promise yourself you'll be more mindful of what you pick out of the gutter from now on.
Now, hmm. I wonder. Now, if that item didn't get get transported with me, I'm gonna have to find it and smash it to pieces before it captures anyone else. But if it went with me, there's not really much I can do. I mean, apparently, he, he his little, well, I guess port keys. You know, to shamelessly steal the steal the term from Harry Potter. I guess they could look like anything. So, you can't even really tell people to be aware, because they could be anything. You could just pick some random pebble on the street, could just yunk. Now you're deep in the nevertheless. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah, that's a devious way. I mean, usually it's shiny things, but. Hmm. Oh well. Anyway, that's that scenario done. And if I didn't say it before, it was 512 experience to general. So the the next the next part is the final two. The fi- next episode will be the final two parts of Proving Grounds. Proving Grounds two, called the Paymaster and Paymaster Part Two. But more details we'll get in the next episode. But, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.